Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. And I welcome you back to the Inez Says Pod here in the WDBO app. Appreciate you being here today. Here we are at the time of this taping, about 36 days until the presidential election. And if you don't think we're living in an upside-down world right now, look no further than the controversial topic of mail-in ballots. There is absolutely no way that states that do not have a history of doing this, there is no way that states should be allowed to conduct mail-in balloting prior to what is going to be the most hotly contested, the most divisive election of our time. I don't care what side of the aisle you are on, left or right, doesn't matter, even center. One of the many great things about America is our election system. Are we dealing with things today we didn't have to worry about 10, 20, 30 years ago? Absolutely. There are some bad actors out there internationally, namely China, Russia, and Iran, three nations that would like nothing better than to see the greatness that is America crumble from within. So what do they do? They sow seeds of division by, at the very least, attempting to sway Americans one way or another with a lot of social media campaigns and all that other stuff that they're trying. Now, China is not new to this. Back in 2008, I read today where intelligence officials warned the campaigns of both Barack Obama and John McCain at that point that Chinese hackers had penetrated their campaign computer systems. But that was intelligence gathering. It appears not an effort to influence the outcome in the way Russia tried eight years later. And this year, intelligence officials are telling both sides, Biden and Trump, they do not believe that China will try the same kind of brazen techniques that Russia has employed in the past. Instead, what they're saying is, is that China is in this for the long haul. They're playing the long game right now, trying to cultivate local politicians who may ultimately win election to Congress. So I'm looking at this election and I'm going, okay, with what looks to be right now a huge number of absentee balance and a potentially long counting period, foreign interference could intensify coming up in November. And as votes are being counted, foreign powers could seek to undermine confidence in the vote. Now, does anybody else see disaster on the horizon here? Does anybody else see it? Because I do. I hope I'm not the only one because it's plain to see like this election, no matter who is declared the winner on the night of November 3rd, is lining up to be a total and utter disaster. I hope I'm wrong. But you only have to read stories like the one I read this morning to realize that this election may be as ugly as we've seen in our history. Uh, I read a quote from Mike Bacchio today. Bacchio is a former information security specialist with the Buttigieg campaign. And he said this about the upcoming election. Listen to this quote here. This election is like every disaster movie sequel rolled into one, he said. The post-election period is what I'm most concerned about, he says. The window of time where we are uncertain, that is, when they will drop their madness. Nothing is unhackable, he says. 
You raise the bar as best you can. You identify your crown jewels of data and you lock it down the best you can. Now, look, I I don't care, again, what side of the aisle you're on politically. I don't care. We all have to be very concerned with the election and the post-election coming up because you and I both know this thing is going to be close. And when I look at this thing objectively, I can see the results of this election not being decided until long after the night of November 3rd has come and gone. And what I fear is that we go into late November, into December, maybe even into January, and we're still counting votes, kind of like Iowa is doing right now with the Iowa caucuses back in January. That's my concern. Now, another story that caught my eye today, and again, it's a story no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, hate Trump, love Trump, doesn't matter. This should concern you. President Trump this morning, as of taping on a Monday morning, calling for an investigation into Congresswoman Ilhan Omar for alleged ballot harvesting. Did you see this? The president tweeting, quote, this is totally illegal. Hope that the U.S. attorney in Minnesota has this and other of her many misdeeds under serious review. Question mark, question mark, question mark. If not, why not? Question mark, question mark, question mark. We will win Minnesota because of her and law enforcement and iron O range. Now, The president, near the end of that tweet, was referring to a report from Project Veritas that implicates Ilhan Omar in this alleged cash-for-ballot scheme to gather absentee ballots illegally from Somali immigrants. This is another thing that concerns me. I watched this video, and to say that it is alarming is an understatement. Again, no matter which side of the aisle, and no matter what you think of Project Veritas— But this was a video posted by Project Veritas late Sunday and a guy by the name of Liban Mohammed, who was the brother of Minneapolis City Council member Jamal Osman, is shown with ballots filling his car's dashboard. Now, in fairness, Mohammed accused Project Veritas of doctoring the video to take his comments out of context. Representative Omar then posted a tweet after midnight last night that linked to President Trump's calling for an investigation and included a video of a game show contestant unveiling a card showing 750 bucks, a reference to that New York Times report that said the president paid that amount in federal income tax back in 2016. So we're going to play that game. Now, frankly, I'm getting off onto a, a sidebar story here. If the president paid 750 bucks, as the Times is alleging, I find that hard to believe. If that is true, A, I want our president's accountant to work for me, And B, it's an accusation to me that pales in comparison to what we're talking about in terms of ballot fraud here. This isn't Somalia, right? This isn't some ragtag country. This isn't some banana republic. This is the United States of America here. And again, no matter what you think of President Trump, this guy has warned us all that allowing millions of Americans to vote by mail this November would result in rampant fraud and taint the election results. And again, we're not talking about absentee ballots here, especially in the state of Florida, because we here in Florida, we've been conducting these absentee programs for a long time. We know how to do it. But in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, listen to this, nearly one quarter of votes were cast by mail. And that number is expected to rise this time big time due to public health concerns over coronavirus. Now, many states are looking to increase mail-in voting to prevent large gatherings at polling stations on Election Day. We all know that. Quite frankly, I'm not quite sure why we are so paranoid about going to the ballot box. Heck, we go to the grocery store all the time. 
with our masks, with our shields. These polling places are going to take the necessary precautions. Why can't we vote in person? I digress. But there are now six states planning to hold all mail ballot elections this November. California recently joined Utah, Hawaii, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. More could follow. Now, these states will automatically send all registered voters postal ballots, which then have to be sent back or dropped off on Election Day, although some in-person voting is still available in certain limited circumstances. So in essence, about half of U.S. states allow any registered voter to vote by mail on request. Now, a lot of people bring this fact up. The President Trump himself voted by post in the past. Florida's 2020 primary election. Uh, He was registered here in Florida. That's the way he voted. This is again known in Florida as the absentee ballot, which President Trump has said he's in favor of because he believes it has better safeguards. There have been isolated cases of postal ballot fraud. 2018, North Carolina primary, which was rerun after a consultant for the Republican candidate tampered with voting papers. This isn't all one way here, but you look at what happened in a case earlier this year in New Jersey, right? Two Democratic counselors charged with alleged fraud in relation to postal voting after hundreds of ballots were found stuffed in a post box. A primary election in New York this past June took weeks to determine a winner after poll officials were deluged with 10 times the normal number of mail-in ballots. I saw this today. Election officials said that nearly one in five postal votes had to be disqualified due to arriving late, not having the right postmark or lacking a signature. Now, the president has pointed to discarded ballots as proof of fraud, saying they throw them out if they have the name Trump on it. I will say this. The president has claimed that the signature for mail-in voting doesn't have to be verified, but most states... Most states do specifically compare signatures on the ballot with one on file and all have steps in place to verify postal votes. And to be fair, there have been suggestions that an increase in postal voting would help turnout among Democratic voters. There is no real strong evidence on that matter that either party would gain an advantage. But then again, there is a story out today in Time magazine. And listen to this, okay? It stated that the U.S. Postal Service failed to update at least 1.8 million addresses. 1.8 million addresses. That, to me alone, could very well compromise Americans' ability to vote in this election. As of early June, listen to this, 3% of people out there during COVID have moved, have relocated. And 6% had someone move in with them because of COVID-19. I get it. As is the case with everything today, mail-in voting is split down the political divide. The president and the Republicans are against it. The Dems are for it. But as hotly contested as this election is going to be, man, realize this. From every election held between 2012 and 2018, over 28 million absentee and universal mail-in ballots remain unaccounted for. Did you hear that? 28 million absentee and universal mail-in ballots remain unaccounted for from 2012 to 2018. That's not just Olinez says telling you that. That's not my opinion. That's fact. That's according to the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. It's a number that represents roughly one-fifth of all mail-in ballots distributed for those elections. As close as this election is going to be, you can't have that. 
And you look at the primaries in New York and New Jersey earlier this year, both of which switched to universal mail-in balloting. And that's likely going to represent how November's election will look if all states commit to universal mail-in voting. This cannot happen. You look at New Jersey, primary elections, nearly 41,000 ballots were discarded compared to just 5,100 ballots from 2016. Patterson, New Jersey, third largest city in Jersey. There were calls to invalidate the municipal elections because nearly 3,200 mail-in ballots were disqualified. Approximately 19% of all ballots received. That's according to NBC. And in New York, those primaries were a dumpster fire, an absolute tire fire. New York City alone, more than 100,000 mail-in ballots were disqualified. That's about one-fifth of the ballots cast in the city. I'll give you more numbers here. Not a big numbers guy, but I'll give you more numbers. More than 534,000 mail-in ballots were disqualified during the primaries from 23 states. That's according to the Washington Post. A separate August report from NPR found that more than 558 ballots were DQ'd across 30 primaries this year. So I fear what's about to happen here, folks. And I get it. President Trump, he can be full of bluster and a lot of other things at times. You got to look past your hatred and realize that this is not the way to go here. We've got to improve our processes. It's not the way to go yet. This is not an election that you want to try your hand for the first time in this mail-in ballot stuff. And I think come November 4th, either way, whether it's Trump or Biden, this nation needs to know who its next president will be so we can all move on with our lives. But what I fear, what I fear is that with the possibility of fraud in a lot of swing states out there and others that we're not going to have a winner. And once again, this country loses. All right, that's going to do it for the Inez Says podcast today. I appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.